0: There's nothing wrong with being bipolar, there's nothing wrong with having OCD, there's nothing wrong with having ADHD, there's nothing wrong with being dyslexic, there's nothing wrong with having social anxiety, there's nothing wrong with being 285 pounds and not very good shape, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Because that's me.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health. I am your host Todd Rennebaum. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. This one's a little different than than well, all of them so far. This one was recorded live. It was in front of about 300 high school students, and I'm talking with Big Daddy Taz. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian, and I spoke with him in another episode, episode 46. Uh, but this time, we we're, we're, it's it's a bit of an interview, a bit of a, a talk to the students. Um, I basically just let Taz go, and he he did most of the talking. I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of the talking. Uh, but it was it was an amazing time. Before before this interview, I I did a talk to the audience as well, but I wouldn't bore you with that. So uh, it's just. Just has an eye on stage, and uh, at the end we do a Q, and, a Q and a with the students, and they were amazing. It was an amazing audience. My mom was there. My oldest brother was there. I had some friends there. It was it was a lovely, lovely time. Uh, so thank you everyone at the Indian Head Grand Theater that uh, helped out with that, all the volunteers and the board and everybody, and for the Indian Head High School that uh, for, the, for everybody that that helped out there. Before we listen to that i'd like to talk about next week's episode with jane biggelson and she has an addiction uh wh- what if uh this addiction would work like any other one y- you had uh, trouble going to work and school your your life was starting to crumble around you but it wasn't alcohol or drugs it was daydreaming and fantasizing uh that's called maladaptive daydreaming and she's going to talk to us about that So another great episode another great uh guest so that's next week. Uh, I also want to say thank you for everyone for listening because, uh, I'm, we're, you know, this show is getting more and more listeners all the time and it's super, super appreciated. I'm getting more and more feedback from people that are listening and that are relating with a lot of the guests. I even had someone ask this week about episode 37 with Reverend Chris Yaw uh, entitled I'm an Accidental Killer uh which is extremely common and something we don't talk about much people who have accidentally killed other people either at the workplace or car accidents or whatever uh someone who who had accidentally killed someone reached out and um i was able to give him a contact so the podcast is is doing exactly what i was hoping it would do it it's helping people uh so keep keep up the good work Uh, and and i've been saying this for the last few weeks if you know somebody or even if you don't know anybody that has mental health issues or mental illnesses or or maybe someone who who's married to someone with a mental illness, please, word of mouth is huge. Tell three, four or five friends about about the podcast and uh, get more, more and more people listening. And let's uh, end the stigma and normalize this kind of talk. Anyway, after the episode... Uh I'm I'll give out some uh, information on where you can follow me on social media and stuff and I do a little gabbing at the end. So if you want to stick around after the episode, you can do that. Uh but for now, we're going to listen to Big Daddy Taz. So without further ado, Big Daddy Taz. Okay. So I'm going to introduce my friend Taz. He is a stand-up comedian. He's done uh, just for laughs in Montreal. Uh, he's done all basically any kind of music, no, not music, comedy festival you could think of. Maybe some music, I don't know. Uh, he has done a world record, longest stand up comedy routine, eight and a half hours, is that what he said? Yeah. Uh, so some of that was even funny. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please, Big Daddy Taz. Hey.
0: Of this set, a round of applause, for Todd. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. You know, you you, you mentioned that uh, how long it took you to get help, and uh, and a hundred percent. You know, we we would have got help if we if we if we knew help was there, if it was available, right? And that's why I come and I talk to students. <coughs> Pardon me, because. Uh, I, went, I went undiagnosed for a long time, also the same path of alcohol and drugs. And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you what you're going to do with your life. If you're going to want to your drug, you're going to try alcohol, you're going to do whatever you want. I'm just going to tell you, none of that worked for me. All they did is end up me in jail or in, in, end up me in the psych ward, end up me in the hospital, or end up me, you know, not doing things, losing family members and things like that. So uh, we're here to talk to you about the, the value of listening the value of opening up, the value of, of just admitting what's going on in your life. And there's a lot of guys in here, I watched I watch some of you walk in here, the moment you got into a strange pace, you, you, you almost peacocked. And it, What that means is that your shoulders got bigger and you well, I'm, I'm tough. Even the toughest people in the world, you know, it doesn't matter how rich you are, what color your skin is, or what your orientation is, whatever your sexual orientation is, or whatever, if you're male, female, trans, you know, two-spirited, whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your social economic, it doesn't matter how smart you are, or how, how dumb you've been treated your entire life. Mental illness affects us all. And it doesn't matter. I, I've got some world-famous, rich, incredibly, incredibly successful friends that every day, you know, at least once a day, you know, they, they, they think either about taking their lives, ending their lives, ending what they're doing, crying, or feeling useless. Anybody in this room ever feel, you know, that they just don't belong? Anyone? Anybody here feel like they're not enough yet too much for people? Right? Anybody here terrified to answer questions because they think people (laughs) around them are gonna judge them? All of us, right? So what Todd and I are here to do is, is to teach you that it's okay. And those that are judging you, they shouldn't be your friends. Those that are judging you are usually hiding something deeper within themselves that they're terrified to have come forward. There is nothing wrong with any of your there's nothing wrong with any of the emotions that you're having, any of the feelings that you're having, any of the any of the sadness that you're having, any of the anxiety, right? For two years basically, we're at home talking, telling, you know, having Siri tell us how to do things, asking for things, and we've we've kind of forgotten how to be. Friends, we've kind of forgotten how to be classmates. We've kind of forgotten how to be kind and how to think for ourselves. And it's important to think for yourself, especially if you're struggling. Because when you're struggling, your brain already makes you feel like a piece of garbage. Our brain, our brain, brain, which, which is supposed to help us run our entire body. Our physical, our mental, our spiritual, our esoterical selves can be such an arsehole to us, yeah? Our brains will some days only focus on the most amazing things that you've ever done. And yet, three seconds later, it'll focus on all the negative things that have ever happened to you, all the failures you've ever had, all the things that people have said to you that they shouldn't have said to you, and that's all you can think about which makes you feel like a loser, which makes you feel hopeless when you have hopeless, so you have no hope when no hope, it becomes incredibly dark. Anybody ever go through something and they're just like, I can't handle it, and then the moment you open up to somebody, you knew you could handle it. You knew because that person didn't judge you. That person just listened to you. And then when I'm asking you to listen, we're not asking you to give me a diagnosis. I'm not asking you to cure me. I'm not asking you to hold my hand. I'm not asking you for a million dollars. I'm not asking you for anything else, but can you just listen to my words for a little bit because I can't carry my baggage anymore. And when we can't carry our baggage anymore, that's when we start dropping stuff and forgetting things. And we never forget the crap stuff, do we? We never forgot, oh, that's not... You always forget the good stuff that's happened in your life. So when somebody's asking you to listen, listen. Some of us have forgotten how to listen. Some of us just wait for our turn to talk.
1: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke.
0: I know, it's awesome. (laughs) But I have ADD and I'm like, what's he mean? (laughs) This would be a long conversation, by the way, both of us having ADD. One of us on medication, the other one can't be on medication because it affects his heart. So this could be, uh, we could be all over the place. You guys are supposed to be, they need to be back at school by 3 o'clock. We're like, we're going to try. That's it. Literally... And we're not here to preach to you, right? We're here to talk over each other. We're not here to preach to you, right? We're here to help you. I'm 55 years old, 10 years older than this kid here. And some people think, oh, why do you go talk to schools? You're 55, you can't relate. You're. What did they call me the other day? Pale, stale, and male. <laughs> right? White, old, and male. I did a show at a First Nations school uh, a few weeks ago, and one of the students came to me and said, why are you here? You're white. I go, because I care. Because I love you. And I don't want you to harm yourself. And whether I'm white or whether I'm First Nations, or whether I'm black, it doesn't matter to me. The color of my skin, just the same reason I don't judge you for the color of your skin or what you do. It's not, you know, it's not what you are. It's who you are. And I'm here to help you love yourself. It wasn't until I was 50 that I started to love myself. I hated myself for a long time. Other people thought I was this great comedian, everybody thought I was this great, and all I could think of is everything that I had done wrong, every misstep, every stumble, every suicide attempt, every time I hated myself, every time I lied to get out of something, every time I got drunk, I loved drinking because that meant I could fight. I loved to fight. Because when I got hit, I felt something. It wasn't until years later that we figured out the reason I wanted to get hit is because I thought I deserved to be hurt. We don't. None of us are. None of us are in the boat that deserves to be hurt. None of us should have to struggle. None of us should listen to the assholes that surround us sometimes that are telling us we are not good. Maybe they're the popular kids. Maybe they're the, the, the most popular kids and maybe that. But you know what? Don't surround yourself with those people. Surround yourself with the two or three people in your life or one that loves you for who you are, cares enough to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. A comedian came to, up to me the other day and said, oh, what did you think of the show? I said, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear or what you, want to hear, what, what you need to hear? He goes, I want, to, I want to hear what I need to hear. I said, you need work. You need work, you need to choose your words more carefully, you need to understand that some of the words he said are going to hurt people. He came back two weeks later, same premise, different words, different approach. It was hilarious. I don't want people to pump my tires. I want people that are around me that care that I do my very best. And I never compete against other people. I compete against myself. Every day I want to do a little bit better than the day I did before. And the days that I can't do better than the days before are the days that I learned self-love and self-forgiveness. There's nothing wrong with being bipolar. There's nothing wrong with having OCD. There's nothing wrong with having ADHD. There's nothing wrong with being dyslexic. There's nothing wrong with having social anxiety. There is nothing wrong with being 285 pounds and not very good shape. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Because that's me. I'm not the end all the be all, but I will lead you through a path that you're scared to get through. I will be here for when you have questions. I will be here to pick you up off the ice. I will be here to tell you it's okay to go out on the ice. I will be here with my words or my body or my spirit to help you through anything that you need. Because that's why we're doing this. To some of you, this is just an afternoon off to watch two guys with beards, yakety-yak. And some of you are going to pretend you're angry to be here because you're hiding what's going on inside. Don't want you to hide that anymore. I want you to have the confidence in your heart and your soul to stand up and go, listen, I have ADHD. I'm struggling. I have anxiety. I'm scared. I'm going to hurt myself. Please help me because that's why we're here. We're here to give you the tools that you may not know you already have and the number one tool you have that you know won't use, especially males apparently, is to ask for help. A few months ago I was in, 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 I was in uh, um, St. John, New Brunswick. Great big window. They put us up in this beautiful hotel. There was a rock as big as this building, if not bigger to be honest with you. And I'm going through a depression, and I thought, I'm a piece of garbage, I can't be a good dad, what is wrong with me? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I looked out, and I asked the universe for a sign that I'm on the right track. And I looked out, and that giant rock was there in in the middle of the harbor. And I thought, I've got to be that rock. I've got to be the rock. I've got to be that giant thing that holds everything steady. Everybody can cling to me when they need, need to be the rock for my wife. I need to be the rock for my kids. I need to be a rock for the students that I love. I've got to be a rock for everybody, including myself. I've got to be that rock. I've got to be the rock because that rock is immovable, and I'm watching. And every time I looked out the window, the tide was coming in, and that rock got further and further and further underwater until that massive rock that looked like a mountain for me because we're from the prairies, it was completely underwater. And that's when I realized I don't have to be the rock. I have to be the buoy that's attached to the rock that floats up and down to warn people they don't have to be the rock. And I thought, okay, that's the sign I was supposed to get. When did my show? Came back. Somebody handed me a note. He said, please don't read this right now. Read this when you're in your hotel room. And the rock was still underwater when I got there. And I opened up that note and it said, I wish my brother had seen your presentation and maybe he wouldn't have taken his life because he didn't realize how much he was loved. And that's the sign I needed. When you're being an asshole to somebody because they're crying or they're sad or they don't feel like talking Remember that your words can damage people forever. But also, remember when you come to their aid, that they'll remember that forever as well. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't let people disparage who you are. Be you. Love you. Get the help that you need. And if people make fun of you, That is not a flaw in your character. That's a flaw in theirs. You have
1: questions? (laughs) You thought you were a rock? I thought it was Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) Oh, the rock. That's exactly it. So when you were these guys' age... When I was there, guys' age, yes. What what was... Well, a lot of so <laughs> what you're asking is how is my schooling? So yeah. w- w- many
0: years ago we had our 25th <laughs> anniversary for our, 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 um, our, our, our um, elementary school. And we had a horrific event happen at our elementary school. One of our friends was killed when a wall fell years ago. And Lord. it hurt two of our friends and, and, and killed one of them. So we had this, we, we, we recreated the, the, the classroom and everybody had the. Everybody had their desk, and their names were all on all the desks. And I went to look for my name, and my name wasn't on the desk. It was on a piece of tape in the hallway, because <laughs> that's where I spent a lot of my time. I was I was the scourge of teachers. I remember one teacher saying to me, "This is a phenomenon." I go, "Phenomenon, doo 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 phenomenon, do, doo doo." doo, 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 doo. Right? She's like, uh, "You're a disruption." I go, "Yes, I am." <laughs> right? But I, I was struggling too. I had parents that were wonderful people, but terrible parents. Right, they didn't know how to be a parent because they didn't have the proper parenting that they had. And I well, know that like, feeling.
1: Yeah. Like, oh. oh, your mom's here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, I've got. I'm kidding, mom. I'm kidding. i don't... I blame you. <laughs> See. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a That's right.
0: So I was drinking it by twelve, drunk a lot of the time, and fighting all the time with whoever would throw down with me. I'm, I was the chubby kid. I was, you know, I was at 12 years old, I was a 200-pound kid, and I was always been the chubby kid, the fat kid. I didn't realize I was strong, but I was not strong emotionally at all. And my first suicide attempt was at, I think, eight or nine. Lord. Because it was just, I didn't want to exist. I was told I was a mistake. I was told I was useless. I was told this. I was told that. I was told I'd never amount to anything. I was told, you know... And that's by adults and teachers, mm-hmm. and then shunned by my, whatever I thought were friends because it was easier to pick on me than it was to be my friend. More popular, little brother, more popular for them to, you know, beat me up or pick on me, uh, you know, than be my friend and, and, and still be my friend in, in private, right? Mm-hmm. You know, do you know how many times I heard this? Sorry, I just needed to, uh, so-and-so was there, so, I, you know, I didn't want him to think we were friends. Uh, that made me feel unfriendable,
1: unlovable, hated.
0: And so I treated myself like that.
1: Hmm. When were you diagnosed with bipolar, OCD, uh, anxiety disorder, uh,
0: I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my early 30s. And then even then I didn't want to believe it because I'm a male. I got nothing wrong with me, you're wrong man. wrong, and it's not. It was just denying. Denying doesn't make it true. But I knew something was, I was different from a very young age. Everybody was happy and and that, and I was happy for fleeting moments, then terrified, and then scared, and then unlovable, is what I thought,
1: right? Then hungover?
0: Hungover a lot (laughs) in school, for sure, definitely. I mean, we joke about it, but it, yeah. It, it, damaged, it damaged my liver, it damaged my psyche, it damaged what I was, because I, I, I did what I was taught, which was, was drink, right, and escape, and not care about anybody, especially myself.
1: Where'd you grow up, actually?
0: I grew up in uh, Saskatoon. I was born in Regina, grew up in Saskatoon. My dad is actually from this area. He was here uh, during the Depression, which is, <laughs> ironically... <Well. laughs> Not the one I had today already, but <laughs> and uh, yeah, I grew up in Saskatoon and farms there around, and uh, I didn't get along with my parents. So the moment that my dad could get rid of me, he he sent me out to the farm. So it would be like June like June twenty fifth or whatever school was done. June twenty sixth, I was on a farm at one of my one of a friend of the family or somebody I barely knew or whatever. Hmm. I, was on, I was on my own at fifteen, and had to make choices. And I didn't get the help I needed until in my late thirties.
1: I knew I needed it. Um, so you said that your, your dad's actually from the area. Mm-hmm. You told me a little bit about his past. Do you mind me telling that where he lived? Well, my,
0: dad, my, mom and my, my dad's mom and dad were not great parents either, which right. made them not great parents and made my parents not great parents. Right. My dad, even though his parents were alive, they put him in an orphanage. Uh, because they didn't want to deal with them, they didn't want them around. They didn't want that. They would bring them out of the orphanage or earn some money, and then take that money and then put them back in the orphanage. Right? There was the orange farm here in town, and uh, some okay. horrific stories came from that. That I'm, you know, that we've shared and and things like that. So his his childhood was stolen from him as well through abuse and you know neglect and misguidance. You know, if I told you uh, exactly how to build something, you'd be like, okay, and I'd be like, listen, if you get stuck, give me a call, and we'll walk it through. I'll FaceTime you, or I'll come over to your house, and we'll build it together. Because I'm gonna give you the tools and teach you how to use the tools. But if I gave you something and said, build this, don't call me, I'm not gonna tell you how to start, what's your chances of success? Little. But if every step of the way you knew You could call me, but you have that self-pride inside that says, I'm going to try, and it doesn't work. That's fine, right? But just knowing that somebody is there that you can call gives you the confidence to try. So if you know somebody loves you, you're going to try harder to love yourself because you feel lovable. But when you're told you're unlovable, Then it must be something wrong with you. Isn't it weird? Right? Somebody's being mean to us, and for some reason we think it's our fault. No, maybe you're a jackass. Maybe that's your problem, and I'm not. But at a certain age, we think we should be able to correct everything that's wrong with us without help. It's not
1: true. You kind of got, you kind of talked about it, but I was going to ask, Luke, where your dad grew up and stuff. I forgot this mic, you have to get really close to it. Um, (laughs) Squirrel. Um. And I look for the squirrel. That's the worst
0: squirrel. Squirrel task. Both of us are like watching that dog from Up. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Squirrel. Squirrel. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, master.
0: Hello, master. <laughs>
1: uh anyway, so you you obviously there's some kind of generational trauma and yes. and how how do you think do you think you've nipped it in the bud with your kids or do you think you've just lessened the blow a little bit? No,
0: or? yeah, that's a that's a great question. So my kids are not going to be I had to make a choice. Do I want to be a father like my father or do I want to be a daddy? I'm a daddy. My boys both at 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 15 Big daddy. Big daddy. Yeah. <laughs> At 15 and 28, they, bo- they both still call me daddy, daddy-o, right? They know, and their friends know, and their friends of friends know, that they can talk to me about anything. There is no hiding our mental health at our house. There's a four-letter F word we don't use in our house. Fine. If you say you're fine, we sit down and we talk. Because fine is a word that we say when we're worried that we are not going to be able to trust the person that we're talking to. If I went to you three and I said, hey, you, you know, how are you doing? And you all went fine. And I know you're not fine. I'd pull you aside you know, separately and go, okay, so you said you're fine, but I can tell in your eyes you're not fine. And then you know I would care. And then I would say to you, "This is, it's just between the two of us. If you'd like to talk, I'm here, right? Then you'd feel, feel comfortable. And then you realize you're not fine. You're just saying fine to see if I'll do follow-up questions. And then this world that is running, it seems to be like the only time we worry about things are how many likes we're getting on Facebook or how many you know, views we're getting on Instagram or whatever the new stuff. I don't know a lot of stuff, right? We want to only worry about our own world. So when somebody says fine, we're like, okay, instead of asking more questions. Had somebody asked me more how I was and I said fine and they dug deeper, I wouldn't have tried to hurt myself as much, I don't think. And that feeling never goes away. I'll never act on it. My wife is here. She knows I will never act on it. I will never act on it, not only because I have a responsibility as a husband and as, as, a, as a father and as a, a mental health speaker. I have a responsibility to myself to let people see the shiny parts of myself, the loving parts of myself, the parts that make you laugh, the parts that make you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. The parts that make you feel good about yourself because we're open with our story. But there are days where I wake up thinking, why am I even here? The other day, a little girl asked me, like a wee little girl. Like, um, how many times can I say like, 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 what am I, Facebook? Um, Probably six or seven, six years old. And she goes, how do we know if somebody's sad, Tassie? (laughs) How do you know if they're sad? I said, well, for me, if my head is fuzzy, Because I don't want to shave my head anymore. Because I'm going to have to do it again tomorrow. Why would I want to do it again tomorrow? This is useless. Why would I bother? Then I'll stop brushing my teeth. And then I'll stop showering. And then I said, I'll even stop eating. She goes, you stop eating if you're sad. And I said, yes. And she goes, oh, you must have been really, really happy for a really long time, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And you hit her. (laughs) And then I said, why is that? And I touched my belly. She goes, because you're bald. And you got a big dummy, taffy. (laughs) I feel like I'm taking over your show, buddy. Sorry, you were supposed to ask so many questions. Go
1: ahead. No, this is all. This is great. This is why I like being a host. It's like I don't have to do anything. anything. (laughs) I just record and uh, get all the credit. When you
0: remember to hit record.
1: (laughs) I should have told you that story. Um, So let me tell you. So you know, I was talking about how. You know, we didn't talk about this stuff when I was in high school, so, you know, I was implying that it was harder for us, but as I'm sitting here, I can see people on their phones, and I'm like, but we didn't have social media, yeah. which is also scary, which well, is maybe harder is, for them.
0: Well, we got, when we got, it's different. Every generation has different challenges, challenges, whatever yeah. they are. Right. And then what do we do? My father used to go, oh, you have no idea what it was like to be my age. I'm like, oh, nah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you had it so, uh, you it so much easier than me. You have it so do- much easier than me. No, I don't know your struggles. Right? Here's the deal. When I got bullied, I went home. That door closed. That person, that particular person, wasn't able, wasn't able to bully me anymore. But with social media, they're always there. And I'm going to tell you something that maybe some people are going to mad at me. You also have a responsibility not to go on that particular social media site. Nope. Be right there. I'm going to talk to you for a second if that's OK. If I said to you, nice yellow shirt, what would you say? You're not wearing a yellow shirt. <laughs> right? you're like, I'm not wearing a yellow shirt. I'm like, it's a yellow shirt.
1: You're like, no, you fooled me. I was shirt. like, who's he talking yeah, to? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yellow shirt. And I'd be like, no, you were like, like, it's a yellow shirt. And I get mad and I scream at you and I go, it's a yellow shirt. And I poop my pants. Right, freak out. Does it make it right? No. But if I call you a name and you go, I'm not that person. Uh-huh. I freak out. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, then I guess I am that person. Weird, eh? So we all have different struggles. The difference is, I'm here to get you to talk about your struggles. There's no shame in having struggles. Well, i never struggled my entire life. I feel sorry for you. There's a great saying, it's an African saying that says, calm seas do not make good sailors. Which means if you're always just you know, floating along, you're not learning any lessons. Even today, driving in here, the roads, were, the roads were like glassy. And I'm in the truck and my truck decides to go, hey, what's over here? Oh, that's nice. So, oh, over there. What's over there? That's nice. Eh, eh. But guess what? I was, able to, I was able to balance the truck out and get it back straight because I went through that before. But if that happened, you didn't know when you hit the brakes, you start spinning around you know oh, and then you're in the ditch. So our job as speakers and human beings is to help each other out of the ditch. Is to help each other not get into the ditch. To be there when you need help. So no matter what your struggles are, they're valid. Some of us struggle with spelling. Some of us struggle with mathematics. Some of us struggle with talking too much, because in my world, silence meant somebody was mad at you, that somebody was going to get hit. So I feel I feel my my I feel all the silences with words, noises, and laughter,
1: because
0: I'm terrified
1: when it's quiet. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, social media can also be a really great tool, which mm-hmm. I see you do. Like most people go on the social media and they see everyone's holiday pictures and, oh, I just you know, I look great in this and look at me lip sync. And then, you know, you, you compare yourself and you feel bad about yourself. But you and me, I guess, we use it to actually be open. Like I, I love that you you talk about, I mean, it'll be three paragraphs long about what a horrible day you're having and, blah, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, and how, what you're actually feeling, like actually feeling. You're not scared to say, like, there, I don't feel like I should even be on earth today. Uh, and, 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 it's, and it's amazing. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I, I, I really, I think more people should use social media as a tool as opposed to a tool for shaking their bum. Well, I- I mean, don't stop shaking No, I, huh. I,
0: I No, know, I know what you're saying, and, and, I, and the reason I do that is so that people see you can survive some of the worst parts of your day. There are days when I wake up thinking I shouldn't even be on this planet. There are days where I wake up thinking I shouldn't talk to students. There are days where I shouldn't be on TV. I shouldn't be uh, deserving of any of the gifts that I have. So I talk about that. I also talk about when I'm having a great day, yeah. when, when I've overcome what's going on in my life, when I've I've overcome the sadness, the depression, the anxiety. But I put it out there because a lady one time sent me an email saying, Taz, you getting emotionally naked on stage and on social media makes me feel better about myself. And so I decided right then that I'm going to keep doing that. And of course, I told my son that, Weebies, they told Weebies that, and he said... Oh, she either means you're an inspiration or she goes, Oh, my life sucks, but at least I'm not talented.
1: <laughs> right? That's why I watched Maury Povich.
0: Yes. You watch, the, <laughs> you watch sometimes you watch a show going, Oh, man, I'm not that bad. <laughs> uh, but it's about, stri- you know, the more that we share our struggles, the more the other people will open up about their struggles, right? The whole Me Too movement, which is a, a wonderful thing that finally happened, where you know females were being marginalized and taken advantage of and, 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 and. It only took a few people to stand going, you know what? This happened to me. And then at a certain point, you can't turn away. You're Oh, there. Oh, oh it, happened to you. it happened to you, and then Me Too, Me Too, Me Too. And all these, you know, and it, it's empowering when you're not alone. When I said to you today, how many people are this? And you put up your hand. How many people are this? And you nodded your head. Well, those of you that could see this, they're only seeing this way. I could see a majority of the people in here struggle. Maybe only once in their entire lives. Maybe once every few minutes. So you're not alone. And when you're not alone, it means there's help out there. You just have to ask for it. And some people think asking for help is weak. Oh, asking for help, when are you are weak, you're asked for help. No, it's not weak. It is the most courageous thing that you can do, especially when the people around you are trying to get you not to ask for help because, oh, you're weak. No. Don't listen to those people. Start listening to you, the little child that's inside. Remember that kindergarten kid that lives inside you? When you're in kindergarten and you guys are somebody was mean to you, what did you do? When when somebody was mean to you, what did you do? You left. You walked away. That person's not my friend anymore. That person doesn't get my Hot Wheels cars. That person doesn't get my Pokemon. That guy doesn't get half of my Popsicle. Which is just a stick if I'm sharing it with you. But somewhere down the the line, we kind of surround ourselves with people that are mean to us. Why? I don't know. I, have, I still have friends in my life that I'm like, uh, why is this guy my friend? <laughs> well, he's been my friend for 35 years. Doesn't matter. Right? It's like going, hey, I have a piece of glass on my knee that's been there 11 years. <laughs> is it there? Yeah, it still hurts. Yeah, if you rub it right there, it's good. That's good. Well, we could take it out. No, 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 no. I'd rather never be able to kneel again. Right? You see, we break my leg. Where do you tell me to go? Hospital. I chipped my tooth. Where do you tell me to go? My truck breaks down. You tell me to go to a mechanic. mechanic. I have a broken heart, you guys. Exactly. It should just be the hospital again. Somebody over there said it. It's because we haven't taught you where to go if you have a sad heart. Here. This is where you go. And we'll help you. I was talking to some of your teachers over there. And they, they, you know, I talked to one in particular, and she said, listen, can you talk about these things? Yes, I can, of course. And one of the things that w- they want you to know is they care about you. It may not seem that way sometimes. Teacher students, oh, they hate each other. Kill. But it's not like that. I just lost Mr. Allen the other day. He was a, I don't mean a lost, where'd he go? He, he passed away. He was a, he was a teacher that saw that I needed help when I was in grade five, four or five, somewhere around there. So he let me feed the snake. We had a snake in our, our class, and I, I was the only one that got to feed the snake, only if I tried my hardest to pay attention in class. He let me fe- feed the snake. Big, giant boa constrictor. I remember the first time, he goes, just drop, drop the rat in there, and I, I dropped the rat, and I still had a hold of the tail, and the, and the, the boa constrictor was around my arm, and I was there, this bull constrictor, squeezing my arm, and I'm starting to not be able to feel my arm, right? But I was too embarrassed to say anything. Like, uh, uh how's it going in there? It's good, good, I think. Um, is it supposed to hurt? What, is feeding the snake supposed to hurt? What do you mean? He comes in and my hands are, my fingertips are purple. This thing is wrapped right around. It's got the, it's got the, it's got the rat in his mouth, but it, I don't thought my arm was delicious. But I'm sitting there going, Oh, and he goes, No, no, you can't. And he said to me, listen, when you need help, ask for help. Otherwise, this could have turned deadly. And guess what? I should have listened to those words my entire life, but I didn't. I hope you listen. I hope you understand. And I hope you take the time. Who's got younger brothers and sisters here? Okay. I hope you have the time. Take the time. Tell your little brothers and sisters, your nieces and nephews, your friends' brothers and sisters that it's okay to talk about things. Without talking, there's no resolution. Without talking, we don't know what's wrong. How many times does that happen? What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing was wrong until you started asking me what's wrong, and now something's wrong. (laughs) We're not trying to be intrusive. We're not trying to get up in your grill or whatever the cool kids say these days. Probably not that. No, it's that. It's that. (laughs) We're not trying to meddle in your affairs. We care about you. We love you. We want you to know. I've lost both my parents over the years. I wish I had the extra few minutes to talk to them again and say, hey, thank you for asking. Thank you for checking in when you could. Thank you for getting sober eventually in life and thank you for always... Teaching me things. Sometimes by the wrong example. You turn it around there you go, bud.
1: Oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sure your ADD meds are working?
1: <laughs> no, I
0: have no idea. No, no idea yeah, there.
1: I took him late today.
0: <laughs> First thing he says to me today, I forgot to take my back <laughs> I, I said, this might be an illusion then. <laughs> Good
1: what thing, thing the I didn't ADD have ADD. to talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, you kind of touched on it earlier about kind of taking responsibility too uh, of your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe do you mind uh, talking about that a little bit more and how? Well, you know, how you, you break <laughs> your leg, they give
0: you a cast, and they give you some crutches. Very rarely do we go home and oh, go, "I'm going to smash this cast off," and not you. I'm just using these as a crutch, right? You have a responsibility to ask for help. You have a responsibility to do the work that comes with the asking for help. Like you said, I'm seeing a therapist. Right? I'm going to, I'm taking medication. But we're doing I, I don't anything don't like well, I don't sound like that. I don't sound like that. What else were you doing? Were you still drinking? We you still drugging? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so that's not the way it works. There are some people in this world that can handle their booze, and there's some people in this world that use THC to sleep and to to do things, and then then those people are okay. I'm an addict. I can't do that. Right? I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore. Right? Because it hurts my (laughs) fists. There you go. Ow. But you do have a responsibility. And trust me, if you put the work in it, and your life becomes better, it's awesome.
1: Who has the questions from the students? I haven't got them yet, but we're going to do some oh, questions. Oh, we have questions
0: from the students? Awesome.
1: Um, yeah, because we're already at like 231. I've got OCD, 231, 43, uh, 44, 45. I don't, does Lisa have them? I don't.
0: Does anybody have the questions? Or we can just ask questions too.
1: Yeah, shout out any questions.
0: Oh, we can, we can turn the lights up if you want or whatever or not. Does anybody have any questions? This is funny, eh? It'd be funny. We can only see the first two rows. It'd be funny if everybody left. Oh, I just had an idea.
1: Oh no, the lights are on. Everyone, well, I still can't see
0: anything. That <laughs> actually made it worse.
1: Well, way we were told that there's going to be yeah, pre-written questions. If there's
0: questions, feel free to ask them. If if you're if you're if you're scared to ask them, do me a favor. Just just text. Or, or go to uh, asktazzy, T-A-Z-Z-Y, at gmail.com. Send a little email, and we will not tell your name. My wife is here. She'll check it out, and we will, uh, we'll do questions that way. I can't hear. What did you say? Did it, did it ever get easier growing up with your mental health issues? Was it easier for me?: uh, This is great. Let me ask you a question, and I can't hear. So this will be well, perfect.
1: Hold on. For the yeah. podcast, so that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go ahead. She, uh, we had a student ask does it get easier with age, the mental illness, and, or has it gotten easier as you got older?
0: Um, so, are you, are you asking if it just naturally got easier or, or is it easier for me to take care of my mental health now? Does it just naturally get easier? That's a hard thing to answer because if you're not doing the work, it's like training for an event, right? If I don't train for a marathon, I'm not going to be able to run the marathon, right? But if you're training, and you know that you know you know that you can do this, then it does get easier. Yes, as you get older, the tools that I've learned throughout the lives and the tools that I've learned don't work help as well because I won't use those tools anymore—alcohol, drugs, you know, promiscuity, any of that stuff. But as you're as you get older, I think you're more honest with yourself. And so when I'm struggling, I know that it's, it's, I need to get help, or I need to take some medication, or I need to go meditate, or I need, I need to just be alone for a little bit, or I'm I'm getting, over, I, I, I'm, I'm getting overstimulated, so I've got to go yell on a pillow. Right? So it's kind of a two-fold question. If you're not doing any work, it won't get any easier, but if you listen and do the work, it does get easier as you get older. Yes. Also, especially when it comes to anxiety, um, because you're gonna learn as you get older, a lot of the stuff you worry about, it's never gonna happen. A lot of us are worst-case scenario. What if we did this and then this happened? Oh my gosh! And then this and then a dinosaur? Oh my ah! Right? But as you get older, your you, your brain will still do that. But your brain's like, okay, first of all, there's no dinosaur. Second of all, uh, take a lot, maybe leave a little bit earlier. And thirdly, whatever happens, happens. My license plate on my truck says, "Is what it is." Because that's what it is. It is what it is. So, yes, if you do the work, it gets easier. Um, and questions don't get shorter when you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> For me,
1: uh, when I wasn't doing the work, it just got easier being depressed. I just, like, mm-hmm. this is my default mode. And it's just it was actually, so when I got sober, I was told, you're going to have to learn how to feel your feelings. It was actually... It took me a long time to learn how to feel happy or content, mm-hmm. actually, because I got so good, over time, naturally, feeling like poop, yep. that it was like, oh, this is, this is, I prefer this. I actually prefer feeling like poop, because this is what I know, this is what I know. Um, it, but then, over time, like, like Ted said, like I just got sick of it, like something had to give.
0: You and, had to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, see, what happens is, I don't know, and I hope you are never, ever part of a Uh, an abusive relationship, okay? I hope you're never part of that. But people say, oh, how did that person stay in an abusive relationship? Well, because they were comfortable. That's what they knew. So your comfort zone's got nothing to do with comfort of yourself. It's the comfort of what's happening. It's what you're used to, right? And so what happens is you have to get out of your comfort zone and realize that there's different options out there. So same thing with me. I was, I'm just, uh, for a long time, it was easier just to me to just go, okay, I'm going to wake up. Now, when can I go back to sleep? Or when can I avoid this? Or when can I do this? So you have to to push yourself with everything, right? Elite athletes have to do it. (laughs) I am not an elite athlete. You're elite. Uh, Pardon me? Yeah. Because I'm struggling with getting up in
1: the morning. What should I do? Get up. Sorry for the for the podcast. Oh, for wait. the podcast. <laughs> the question was,
0: um, I'm struggling with getting up in the morning. Get up, I got to stand up because my arse is asleep. Hang on. It's nothing. So, if you're struggling in the morning to get out of bed, get out of bed. You want to break that cycle. Another thing you want to do is find out why you're struggling to get out of bed. And you're going to hear this, oh, your body's going through changes and your brain's going through change, You got testosterone, you got testosterone, and you got the girl, style, you got the boy. Style. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That's all true. But also, you, at your fingertips, you, you have the ability to ask for help. And it's hard. It's hard to get out of bed. <laughs> the voice you just heard was my wife, Lala. She... Knows that there are days where I only get out of bed because I have to get out of bed. Not that I want to. And if you're struggling, please ask for help. Because I don't know all the answers. Right? I know my life experience answers that I can give you, but I don't, I don't know all the answers. So I ask the Experts. The doctors, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, the teachers. I ask people like that, that are going through the same thing, to share their knowledge with me. And if you're struggling, I'm sorry you're struggling. I'd love to give you a big old hug. That might not be the the answer to your problems, but at least you know somebody cares. And don't ever forget this. There are way more people that care about you than you'll ever be able to count. Even when you feel unloved and when you feel like there's nothing there, there are people that love you. And like my Nan used to say, you haven't even met most of the people that are gonna love you. If you're struggling, I'm sorry. We're here to help you. And we will help you the best we can. We will have you find the answers that you need, the medication that you need, the, the cognitive behavioral therapy that you need, the people that you need to talk to. And whoever sent that email, thank you very much. If you need help, ask and we will put you together with somebody that, that can help you in the area. Okay. From me, well not for me.
1: For me now, OCD more than just patterns? And what, is, and what it's usually thought
0: to be? Is OCD more than just patterns? And the last part?
1: And what it's usually
0: thought to be. And what it's usually thought to be. OCD is different for a lot of different people. For me, obsessive compulsive disorder, that's OCD, it is things need to be a certain way or my brain and my psyche and my, my soul can't handle it. A couple of years ago, probably longer than that, everything's just the other day to a comedian and stuff, but we were doing a show and they have these wall sconces like, like this, right? That are on the wall. There's about a thousand nurses in there. And I said, and one of the wall sconces was a little crooked. And all I could do was like look, and I was trying not to, right? There's a point where, I, oh yeah, it's And I kept looking over, the. and finally I was like this even, and somebody goes, what's OCD like? And I said, I'll tell you, see that wall sconce? It's crooked. It really bothers me. And one of the the male nurses goes, I can fix that! So instead of getting up and fixing it, he moved all the other ones crooked. (laughs) And I went, that works. For me, and my wife knows this, (coughs) OCD, if anything changes while we're doing something... It's the end of the world. Oh, we gotta to go to Todd I'm not going to Todd today! different. It's not what we plan on doing. We plan on doing. But now it's not it's over here. And I can't do that. Now I calm down and I realize it's not a big deal. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and then I realize it's, sometimes I don't realize it's a big deal until a couple of days later, but. I realize that it's not a big deal and I take a breath in and I say to Lola, I say, okay, well, I guess we're doing this then. And she's like, yes, we are.
1: Get in the car. Is it natural to not recognize yourself in the mirror? Is it natural to not recognize yourself in the mirror, Taz? You sure it's a mirror? Hey, I'm a puppy. Yeah, I'm
0: just being silly because uh, me being silly gives me a minute to think about the answer. Yes, it is. You never see yourself the way other people see you, because what you see is a reflection of who you are, not exactly what you are and who you are. Now, it depends if you mean metaphorically, if you mean actually physically seeing yourself completely different, right? But when you see yourself in the mirror, you're only going to see what you want to see. When I see myself in the mirror, I see a guy that's let himself go, is no longer working out. You know, it's got a, a beard that has this really weird thing right here that you're not going to probably didn't notice until I mentioned it. My, my beard goes, hey, and I go, right there, right? And then we only see what we want to see. Look at yourself in the mirror after you've done something that you're very proud of. You're going to see a completely different reflection than the one that you see when you're depressed. You see, there was a very smart lady who was my nan who said, mirrors are the worst invention ever. Because if we were supposed to see ourselves... Our eyes would be on our hands and we could look at ourselves like this, but they only see this way. Because we're only supposed to see ourselves the way the people that love us see us. So it is kind of natural, yes. Did you mean metaphorically? Let's just say yes. <laughs> Let's just say yes. Okay, I love you a little bit for that conversation right there. Let's just say yes, so you don't have to talk anymore, Taz. Perfect. How do I know if I have anxiety? If you ask. The the question was, how do you know if you have anxiety? If things are tough to do because you're worried about what may or may not happen. If you're uh, scared to try something because all you can think of is failure. If something gives you butterflies in your stomach for no apparent reason. Now here is a way to combat anxiety. Your brain produces the same chemicals when you have anxiety and you have excitement. The only difference is, we label them completely differently, right? Today I woke up, I was anxious to come here because I always feel like I don't fit in. Remember when I asked you, is anybody here feel like they're never enough and always too much at the same time? Me. So I'm sitting in bed, Lala's still uh, asleep, and I'm just thinking, oh, I was just going to, oh, and I just start having that oh, feeling, right? And then I said, yeah, but I'm also going to meet up with Todd, and we're going to have a good time, Todd, and we're going to have some great time, and then tonight I'm doing a show, and, and stuff so like that. I, so I realized that I actually was excited to come talk to you. So you can you can combat that. When you feel anxious and you can't do something, the moment you burst through to the other side, your anxiety will be left behind. And you can breathe through it, or you can visualize through it. I read this the other day that only... Thirteen percent of everything that you worry about is ever going to come true, and now I'm thinking about which thirteen <laughs> ah, no! percent. I also read this too. If you hug somebody for 21 seconds, it reduces our anxiety. And my first thought was, if you know the person,
1: if it's consensual.
0: Yeah, otherwise, you're like, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, let go of me. We're at security. Uh, sorry." Right. So I hope I answered your question. Uh, can I add to that? Yeah, you can. 100% of your show. <laughs>
1: Uh, love you Well, thank you. hey Um I know a lot of men, uh I I come from a family of a lot of men who they have anger or they're irritable and I think that's a lot of hidden depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. so that can can also be a sign, of, you know. Uh I know I went for for years of you know, this goddamn mic, what the, boom, right? And it's like, and it was, yeah, was like I was having anxiety about the show and I could get the mic to work and then boom, and it turns into, to, you know, swearing and throwing and things and stuff. But I actually read a thing that said anger is anxiety's bodyguard. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty true good. too, yeah.
0: right? And And sometimes we're not angry with you, right? We're just overwhelmed. And there's a point where... Where, where, And I feel terrible about this, but I'll get so overwhelmed, I'm like, I need to push people away. Leave me alone! What are you doing? Stop! How do you not know that? Well, instead, it's just I'm getting angry just so I could be alone for a bit. Okay, good. Uh,
1: is it normal to have breakdowns over small things?
0: Is it normal to have breakdowns over small things? Geez, that made me want to have a little cry, to be honest, with you? Because it might be your normal right now. Everything you're happening in your world is normal. Is it healthy? No. So you ask for help. There are times where it's just the chemicals in your body that are doing this to your brain. There are times where it's an outside force. There are times where people are being mean to you and I just can't handle it anymore. There are times where you feel overwhelmed, right? Right? And having a breakdown, there's nothing wrong with that. I've already had a cry today. It wasn't a breakdown. It was just like an overwhelming of emotion. So here's what I want you to do. Whoever wrote that, instead of thinking it as a breakdown, thinking I'm having an overwhelming emotional response, and then sort of look back and go, okay, why am I having that response? Right? But don't try too hard to find... How oh, don't explain this. Don't try too hard to find a reason if you can't find the reason. Does that make sense? If you and I were having an argument and, and, and I hurt your feelings and you hurt my feelings, I'd have some tears, and I'm like, okay, so that's, the, that's right away, boom, I know why I'm upset like that. But if um, you're having a reaction and you can't find the um, a response immediately, don't go hunting for it because then you're going to put labels on things that don't matter and you're going to build a bridge where it doesn't belong. Case in point, I tried to get a hold of my buddy. He didn't return my calls for days and days. I was feeling bad about myself, so I thought, okay, I've pissed him off, he hates me. That's the, road, that's the bridge I built across the two roads. Turns out, he was up north fishing, no cell service. The moment he got back in, he like, hey Tazzy, great, I'm gonna send you pictures. We caught this giant muskie. this is great, I'm sorry I didn't get a hold of you, I was gone. You see, there was no bridge to be built there. But I looked for a reason. And I found a reason that wasn't the reason. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, let's get you some help. That's all we're here for. Uh, since we
1: have a room full of young people, um, they might have kids here who are living with adults who they are struggling. Yes. What advice would you give or words of wisdom would you give to the students who are seeing the adults in their life going through
0: It's an amazing Uh, Great question. I always always love it when somebody asks that. That question was? The question was, there are people in this room who may be living with people that are older, their parents or uh, the people in their lives that are struggling too. How can they, how can they handle that? How can they help with that? You can only help people who want to be helped. You can only, you can always be supportive of everybody though. Right? When your pops is is sad, you support them. You just let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. And talk. Openly talk as much as you can. If you feel that they are a danger to themselves, then you must involve other people. No matter what other people might say, maybe that person will be mad at you. That's okay. And your friend's the same way. Right? If you get, you know, I push. I push, I push, I push. What's wrong? Nothing wrong. I can see something's wrong. And I tell you this, and it breaks my heart to have to tell you this, but it does. They might get mad at you. They might not want to be your friend anymore. They might be so messed up with their own thoughts of self-love that they can't accept your love. But keep at them, because it's way better to lose a friendship than a friend. I wish I didn't know that. I do. I do. I wish they were here for the next 50 years to get very upset with me for getting too involved. And please, today, take the time to write down five names. Three names minimum, five names if you can, more if you can, of people that you know that love you and care about you. Put them in your phone, put them somewhere, and put them in a in a, in a place that if you start feeling depressed or overwhelmed or anxious that you can call those people. Go see them if you can. Call them. Don't text. Because you can't feel the love that somebody has for you through text. That's why a lot of fights start through text, and you're like, what do you mean by that? I didn't mean that. Well, sorry, that's what I read. Well, you're going to read what you want to read. And if your parents or the adults in your life are struggling, talk to other adults in your life and get them help as well. That's just my advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not anything more than a fellow that really, really loves it when somebody else cares enough to ask me if I'm okay. I have three more questions. Okay. Ooh. So far, sometimes it's hard to be myself because people say I'm annoying. How do I work through it? Sometimes it's hard to be myself. And what, can you speak of a little bit louder? People so say I'm annoying.
1: How do I work through it?
0: Don't hang out with people that think you're annoying.
1: There
0: you go. 100%. I'm annoying all the time. Ask Lala. I make it. Sometimes I'm annoying on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. I On purpose. <laughs> like them. You're not annoying. You're only annoying to the people that find you annoying. Right? So surround yourself with people that get who you are. We're all going to change a little bit when we're around people. When I get around super famous people, it's funny, I don't get starstruck. I'm like, that person's just a dude, or that person's just a lady, that person's just this person. The only time I've ever gotten in trouble is when I was like, oh my God, right? I was a completely different person. Either you love me for who I am, and I will tone down when I need to, and I I will exacerbate when I want to make people laugh, But if you don't like me, that's okay. There are like seven billion people on this planet. If only 0.00001% of the people are okay with me, that's still a massive number. So please, whoever wrote that, don't worry about if people are getting annoying. Unless you're being annoying on purpose, well then (laughs) stop being an asshole. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you're being annoying to hurt other people's feelings, then that's completely different. If you're being annoying to elicit a response, you've got your response. But if you're just being you and people find you annoying, you're hanging
1: out with the wrong people. You we know? got seven minutes, we need a couple more questions. Seven minutes, okay. Okay, I'm too scared to ask for help, no one really listens.
0: Oh, you're 100% right about that. You're too scared to ask for help, and nobody seems to listen. Sometimes they don't. You just need to ask, the right people. You need to ask the right um, loving people in your life, what I call the forever people. There are people in my life that are coming in and out, in and out. I meet thousands of people a month. They're not in my life for very long. But I know the people that I can trust with my emotions. And you'll find, if you haven't found that person yet, you will find that person. You'll be able to find that person that you can trust with your emotions. And the people that aren't listening, it's because they might be going to stuff that you don't understand as well. So what I want you to do is make that list of five or three or even one if you have to. And do it when your mind is healthy. Because when your mind is not healthy, you can't remember the people that love you. But just keep asking for help because you've got to stand up for yourself and you've got to stand up to yourself as well because there's times where you're standing up for yourself and your brain goes, oh, this isn't worth it. Well, yes, it is. It is worth it. I'm not going to lose any more people. I'm tired and sad and heartbroken for losing people because we're afraid to talk. I'm sad and tired of losing people because the people that they're talking to don't know enough to say, I can't help you. Let's find you some help. I'm tired of losing people simply because other people are scared to talk about what's happening. So why don't we change that? Yeah? Yeah, look at all the heads nodding. Yes. And we can change that by just listening. Another question, La? Yes, thank you. Uh, I suffer from separation anxiety and my phobia of
1: being alone. Is it good or bad that I get too clingy to the people I love because I'm scared they will leave me?
0: Oh, well, that's a hard one. I suffer from separation anxiety because, and what was the last part again? I just already, my brain's went, purple monkey dishwasher. Is it good or bad that I get to clingy to the people I love because I'm scared? Of the- Is it good or bad to get, because to get clingy with the people that you love? I do the same thing. <laughs> I do. I also need to remember that some people need their space because I'm a lot but I'm not too much. And it's okay. The people that you cling to, air quotes, and they still love you and they want to be with you, then that's awesome. But there's going to be a time that you're going to realize that because out of sight doesn't mean out of mind. And being separated doesn't mean that um, it's a terrible thing. When I first met Lala, who I love tremendously, she gets me. And then she lives in British Columbia and I live in Manitoba, so we have sometimes weeks apart. When we first started dating and seeing each other, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to find somebody so much better. She's never going to remember who I am. And then we would meet up and she would, she, or we would call or we would FaceTime. And the love that she had, I realized that's a, that's a not a going away thing. You see, love in my family was a weapon And when we were apart, things seemed to get worse. And when I came home, it was always a little bit different, and I didn't know how to handle that. So Lala has taught me that love means always. And so that's how I deal with my separation anxiety. That's a great question. Whoever wrote that, thank you so much. That was me. That was you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to be separated from you.
1: Time's up, unfortunately.
0: Is it time up? Okay, so anybody that sent us questions, I will uh, go back to the hotel, and we will we will answer your questions will, to the best of my ability. Um, please, 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 love yourself. You see, we've forgotten a little bit about how to be kind. Anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, this and that, and all of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. guess what? How about this? How about we let people be who they are? We be kind to those people. Hopefully they're kind to us. And if somebody isn't kind to you, be extra kind to them because they need need that extra love. And the one person we always forget to be kind to is ourselves. You deserve a majority of your love. You deserve adulation. You deserve peace of heart, peace of mind, peace of soul. And it's out there. Just ask for help if you need it. From my family to yours, lots of love to everybody. And thank you so much for letting me be a part of this, Todd, I appreciate it so much to everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much Taz. I can't wait to work with you again sometime in the future or just I like just what, you know, catching up with you on on Facebook once in a while and I, I hope you're doing well. I know you don't always do well, but I hope you're doing well right now. So Taz that night also performed his stand-up comedy act and it was amazing. It was hilarious as always and the town of Indian Head very much appreciated him and uh, I know it was, it was tough. It was really bad weather and driving and getting here for, for the audience and for Taz was a bit of a nightmare. So uh, I appreciate everyone that came out that night in the, in the afternoon and, and for Taz. So uh, uh, it was just a great day. So thank you, everybody. So if you want to hear a little bit more about me and my story, I was on a different podcast this last week. Uh, it is called Lunch Bites that is b-y-t-e-s uh i think there's a video on youtube right now it's through the saskatchewan hope learning center which is a uh, kind of a an organization put on by the canadian mental health association uh so thank you daniel blondo for hosting that and and asking me to be on that was amazing uh so yeah you can check that out google it lunch bites uh saskatchewan well don't uh, Saskatchewan's a little hard to spell, but, uh, hope learning center lunch bites. Thank you for that. Also this past week, there was an amazing article about me, uh, and about my past struggles with addictions and, uh, mental health and suicidal ideation and stuff. And you know, uh, what's happening now, uh, with the podcast and with my kid's book and stuff. Uh, It was written by Miguel Fenrich. It was for uh, the Battlefords News Optimist newspaper. And it's called Todd Runnebaum's Road to Recovery, From Anxiety to Advocacy. Uh, Anyway, I very much appreciate the article. Um, Miguel, you did a fantastic job. I don't think I've ever been part of a more thorough article about me. Uh, It goes all through my life, uh, from a kid all the way to present day. So. Thank you so much for that. Oh, and I think it was last Sunday. It was the Sunday before. No, I think it was just this last Sunday. I was on another podcast. Uh, it's kind of a live one. Uh, it's called Hard Knocks Talks with Daniel Unmanageable and, and with Donna. Uh, they are an amazing couple that are doing amazing things with recovery uh, that maybe you've heard of their show. They get thousands of people on there all the time. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Daniel. It was kind of a very short notice thing. Uh, he had a cancellation of a guest. So that morning I was thrown into the fire a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I was on there. So if you want to check that out on YouTube, actually hard knocks talks with Todd Rennebaum, uh, there's more about my story there too. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize how much the, the spotlight was on me this week. Uh, geez uh anyway uh this monday coming up monday i'm going to be doing an instagram live with a gentleman by the name of will craig he has writ- he's written a new book i don't think it's out yet uh, and i don't remember what it's called but uh, we're going to talk about that this this monday uh, february 27th and it is on at 10 o'clock eastern nine pacific I don't know. I don't know. go on my Instagram; it's on there. Oh, speaking of which, uh, my Instagram is Bunny Hugs Podcast, and my TikTok is Bunny Hugs Podcast, and my Facebook is Bunny Hugs and Mental Health. And please follow, share, and uh, leave comments and stuff like that. And one more thing, please, please rate and review Bunny Hugs and Mental Health on Apple. It, you, I can't even begin to explain how helpful that is. Okay. I think the show's over now. So thank you everybody. And please remember to make your beds and take your meds. Bye.